Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Alice, I'm going to break format here for a second. Okay. Are you ready? Breaking format. Okay. I'm ready. I'm doing a special Casey. Casey, Casey, some shout out. Ready? Okay. Like to wish Caroline a very happy 20th anniversary tonight. Love, Jason. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Happy anniversary. I think I might be familiar with those people. I think so. Great couple. Great Happy couple. anniversary. Lots of great couples listen to the show. Always uh, in shock by them and because, you know why? Because they have lots of stuff. They've got an apartment, multi-bedroom apartment, and lots of stuff, but their place is always tidy and never crowded. I don't understand that. We have lots mm-hmm. of stuff, and you can tell we have lots of stuff. We have too much stuff. We do have too much stuff, but we just also can't, we don't have a knack to make it go away. Mm. Yeah. We should have them consult and do this. Happy anniversary, you guys. <laughs> Happy that anniversary. Great. Wow. That's great. Well deserved. 20 years. They must have been married to Young. I think so, yeah. Okay. They're like kind of in between our ages. I think, My right? old letter at the Boston Herald was named Joe Shaka. Mm-hmm. And I love Joe. And he's now with Channel 7. Great guy. Just a, an old-fashioned newspaper guy. Started out as a reporter in like Lawrence, then Lowell, and then Boston. Worked his way up the old-fashioned way, you know, covering like the tumult of the '70s and then power plants of the '80s and uh, you know murders and this and that and the gang wars and this and everything, and then to politics, whatever. So he was always very smart. And so when I got to the Herald, and then started Herald Radio, mm-hmm. in Herald Radio we got to. We talked to many uh, like notables. I'm not saying like Keanu Reeves notables or whatever. Political notables, n- notables, local and national. <clears throat> and we'd write up 
we'd write up they'd write up the you know the interviews that we had etc mm-hmm. and we did some fairly high like in in election years profile things and then um i started to well first when i got the job and got whatever there i started to get media inquiries from around the town just saying hey i understand you have the new gig can we talk to you etc and and joe shaka my boss then would essentially say, just so you know, Tom, going into this interview, just so you know, nobody wants to write a good story about the Herald. So keep that in mind if you talk to these people. So I didn't really, so I kind of blew a couple of people off. Here and there, like, did I did a couple of small TV hits and, and maybe, like, gave a, a quote here and there. Mm-hmm. But then when we started to get louder at the Herald and I started to write columns, and then people really wanted to talk to me like the like maybe the Boston Business Journal, Commonwealth Magazine, Boston Magazine, etc. Kind of feature writers. And they'd smatter. They'd hit they they'd leave a message for me or say hi, this is like Dan uh Charlton. Can you give me a call? Six one seven something I just want to ask you something. A lot of times sometimes these people wouldn't identify themselves as journalists. I'd call up and then they'd just bring it on you. Yeah, hey I'm from, you know, Boston News magazine. I just wanted to see if we could just just talk to you. Just nothing big, heavy. Just a few things about what's going on. Mm-hmm. And and I um. And but you had the memo by that point. I had the memo, and I would tell Joe what was up. And by then, we would know that they've reached out to other people in the newsroom, and we'd we'd know that some people in the newsroom, especially um, some people who weren't in management, who were disgruntled, had already talked to these people. Right. So then we would have these powers, especially people who would like jobs at other papers, not at the Herald. Sure. Sure. Well, all, and I would say, especially people who might be um, uh, unionized and uh, <laughs> and just other people, so that we could tell, and you'd have the patriots inside the building who would forward the emails and would say, this is what they say, and this is what they're asking me, this is what they wanted, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So we could already tell by who was talking how things were shaping up. And right, what type get... of story they exactly. were writing and all that, yeah. And what the hit was, et cetera. And so we almost invariably, especially towards the last couple of years when being at the Herald, Joe and I would never trust anything in anybody. And it, once we started getting close to being bought as well, the kind of people were looking for other gigs and it, could, it just was no longer... The environment was not so much, with the, with the exception of a handful mm-hmm. of us who were hated by everybody else, right. most everybody else. We were watching each other's back. The assumption was there were snipers everywhere, and that's how we acted. And so, <clears throat> it did, as Joe said, and this has to do with other people. I'm far. I'm. I like. Now I don't think it would matter. Now, like. You know, now I I love people to write about me because I actually I actually gave an interview to somebody, lengthy, spoke at, at this is not for the burn barrel this is for my radio gig, and and I think they even spiked it. It's like they're so disinterested. You want a hit piece on you? Yes, I you want can't a hit get piece. One written. Please expose me, <laughs> and if you can find any womanizing, I would love to hear about it. And I won't even deny it, even though I even if I ever heard of anything and nothing. <clears throat> But but uh, anyway, I'm so I'm I'm not a, I'm not a high value or mid value or low value target anymore. But there are other people who are, and one of the people is Dave Portnoy, and 
obviously, he was tipped off. Somebody was trying to blow him up, as they always do. Why not? With the Russell Brand stuff happening, and the other guy from the movie, why not? Maybe this is a way to purge voices that people feel are uh, divergent. And so, so Portnoy catches wind that that they are um, catches wind that they are that somebody's looking to write him up. Mm-hmm. It's obviously you know what kind of pieces it's going to be, but I want you to listen to the kind of person these reporters are. They're such they're 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 so dishonorable. They're so they, they, there's not a bit of respect or gravitas to them. The way they go about their hit piece business. Who's the, the crazy lady from the Washington Post? Taylor Lorenz. They're all essentially Taylor Lorenz. Same kind right. of template. They're not standing up. They're not. They just know that they're going to take you down, and that's it. They're just going to do it, but they, but they won't do something to your face. Like what? I, you know? No, they'll act super nice to your face because they want the information. Right. That's how these reporters work, and of course. I don't know. It's fascinating because we've talked about this before, but like, obviously they go after right wingers like this much more than they go after left wingers. And Trump notoriously just like talks to them and tells them all kinds of stuff, even though he knows that they're completely malicious. And yet somehow like he seems to kind of float above it in a weird sort of way. And even though they try and screw him over, like the hit pieces don't stick to him. Trump is, yeah. But well, he's the exception, not the rule. But they don't stick to him. And also, one of the reasons they don't stick to him is he doesn't really wince afterwards. He obviously is in love with Maggie Haberman, even though she keeps <laughs> stabbing him. He, he likes the ice pick. Uh, right. And, I mean, like, it's part of what potentially got him in trouble in Florida with the documents thing is the that he, you know, was willing to talk to people writing a book not even you about know, him. Not even oh, about, about Meadows. Him. By the way, who's going to read a book about Meadows? <laughs> I know. It's like the dumbest thing. But all political books are just a grift, right? Because you have your like campaign buy a bunch of it so that they can like give it out at events and stuff. Yes. I, it, 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 so, yeah, it gives you a reason to travel around the country. Well, yeah. Cause, well, you're on a book tour. Right. Gives you a reason to do interviews and talk about stuff. Um, but yeah. But then... If you want to like make money from it, then you can have your campaign go out and buy it. So this and is, then, and then they can give it away or whatever. So it's like fake, right. whatever. All political books are a scam. Right. It's just all stupid. So here's Portnoy. Port this is a tweet. Mm-hmm. I caught wind that the Washington Post was writing a hit piece about me and my pizza pizza fest. So what did I do? I went in the offensive, and this is great. Uh, I'm recording you right now, but I'm. Well, this is Emily. Hey, Emily. This is Dave Portnoy calling. She's from the Post. Uh, I'm recording you right now, but I've noticed a bunch of people. You're, it seems like you're sending. We have this pizza fest happening on Saturday, and you're reaching out to our advertisers, and you're basically sending an email that says to the effect, "Dave's a misogenic racist. Do you want to defend yourselves advertising at this event?" Right. I'm sorry. What's your name, Dave? I'm sorry. Who are you? I'm the. <laughs> By the way, she doesn't know who he is. I, I disagree. I think she knows damn well who this is on the phone, and she is saying "Holy no. f!" Because I was going to do all this, all this hit piece stuff by email. It was mm-hmm. nice and safe, and now the big Kahuna, who she wouldn't even probably even, 
she would send out probably a generic "I'd love to uh, to interview you" just so he she, she could get a denial. Right. She doesn't expect to land him. Right, and of course she knows who he is, and the fact that he said he's recording her at the beginning means she has two choices. Because right. the way that these recording rules work is that once somebody says that they're recording you, your con- your permission is considered implicit if they if you stay on the line. So her choice now is to get off the phone as quickly as possible, which is obviously what she's trying to do by pretending she doesn't know who he is. But um, Dave who? What? Right. <laughs> like, as though there the are a lot writing- of Dave's... Um, you know, holding a pizza fest that she's writing a story about. Right. <laughs> so, you know. Although, I assume when he said Portnoy, she knew. At the same time, I assume she's never watched anything by her barstool ever. That's it. Maybe the maybe the Somerville Dragon Pizza thing. And thought, oh my goodness. How dare yeah, you? Yeah, and they've just heard... That, that he's a toxic masculine person and... Right, because all they've read is NPR stories about mm. how it's so inappropriate that um, you know, Penn was opening casinos when they were involved with such a shady character. Right. You know, so that's all she probably knows about it. This event, right? I'm sorry. What's your name, Dave? I'm sorry. Who are you? I'm the guy you're writing the article about, Dave Portnoy. Oh, you're Dave Portnoy. Oh, hey, how are you? Good. <laughs> oh. No, I'm not. I'm not. I haven't said anything like that. I'm well, I, I can. I can read if you want. If you want, I can read what you actually sent. I have it. Yeah, yeah, read, because I, I sent a bunch of notes, so I want to make sure I know which one. Okay. Uh, we are like planning that. to write about the festival and how and how some of the sponsors and participants have drawn criticism by seemingly to associate themselves with Dave Portnoy, who has a history of misogynic comments and other problematic behavior. I want to make sure that Blank had a chance to respond to this, since the company is the most prominent and their partners of his festival. Oh, that's the one I sent to which was definitely the most pointed of them because I really did want them to respond. and I was Right. And so this is the... Um... I didn't say anything like that. Oh, except that one. Yeah, that one I was probably a little pointed. Right. And this is exactly <laughs> the way the Shirley Young people did it with the Globe, using the paper and sending it to sponsors saying, Oh, yeah. Why are you comfortable talking to Kirk and Callahan? Why are you comfortable? Doing... We talked about three years ago, like mm-hmm. NBC Europe did the same thing. Working with like uh, with some kind of Google thing in saying why are you working? Remember they got rid of the Federalist or whatever, right? The, the, I mean this is this is how media works to shake down people. They go after sponsors and say we're going to include you in the story. How do you explain this correlation? Because it's problematic yeah, gonna... to a lot of people we've talked to. Yeah, this problematic person, and then they they go talk. They just ask questions to the sponsor, but obviously they're not just asking questions. Right. They're a person with the imprimatur of a serious organization you know i mean all these newspapers the boston globe the washington post all of them are a joke they're activist organizations whatever but you know the people who work in the pr departments of big companies don't necessarily like know that the washington post is a joke no, they, especially they, some 30-year-old that has no They clue. think that's like a serious newspaper writing a serious story, not like some psycho like Taylor Lorenz with some journalism degree and a trust fund is just out here trying to like exactly. ruin people's livelihoods. They're like, oh, wow, the Washington Post is saying that a lot of people like think it's really problematic that we're sponsoring Pizza Fest. What do we do? They're, you know, freaking out and wondering what they're supposed to do. Of course... 
I think like one of the lessons of the Bud Light thing is that you can also stand to lose by backing away too much from places like Barstool, right? By per- being perceived yes. to like betray them too. Yes, absolutely. I was hoping to get something from them. Do you think that's fair? Like I, I totally disagree with the assertions of what you said, the misogenic and all that stuff. So like, it kind of backs people into a corner. So I'm happy to go over anything. I mean, you you have, that is pretty pointed. You said you didn't do it. Then I have the exact evidence of you doing it. So no, I didn't say I didn't do that. I said I did. That was the one that was the most pointed. Well, no, you, you, that went before I, before I provided proof, you said you didn't really remember doing that. And then I read it to you and you're like, oh yeah, I did it that one time. So you did do it. Um, I'm happy to talk about the comments because to me, it's kind of like torturous interference. Like we're doing an event. Everyone's happy about the event. Uh, you know, I've raised 50 million for small business. I've helped pizza. None of that. It's Dave's misogenic and problematic. And I'm happy to talk about it because to me, nobody would like if someone's going around sending that email to their sponsors. And again, you're not like questioning. You're, you're, it's almost like a statement of fact. This is what I am. Um, I do want to talk to you about this, um, and I just want you to know that... <laughs> you can tell. She sounds like she wants to be talking to him right now. Right. You can tell. that she, Well, please. he very smartly has been on offense for 2 minutes and 25 seconds. So he's now put her on her heels. Mm-hmm. She's nervous. She's now just the person versus Dave Portnoy. He's a bigger fish. He's a bigger personality. He also has, as yet, to say anything that she can quote. There's nothing. He didn't call her a bitch. You know? No, he, he hasn't done anything. He's just, he wants to talk to her about why she's saying he's misogynistic and problematic. Right. The story I'm working on, I'm working on with a colleague. Um, Throwing a colleague under the bus? I'm going to him on this because we did want to talk to you. And we were when, were you when were you going to reach out? Oh, that's so weak. I want to circle him in too. Just- planning on doing it tomorrow morning hmm. but um so you're gonna write the article and then give me like i've had that a bunch people write no, a full no, article and then give me the points no, no, after we're doing a bunch of, no we're doing a bunch of reporting and we wanted to make sure that when we finally did talk to you, this is really low emily kind of present what you know or talk about things more fully based on like what, what like it sounds done. like you have your opinion made of me based on no, that email no, no. uh-uh so then how, if you don't have your opinion made of me, how do you say in an intro email, Dave Portnoy has a history of misogenic comments and other problematic behavior? That's how you introduce the email. Yeah. So look, I just want you to know that this is, no, I, I want to talk to you about this, but. Um, I don't really you think you that. should talk to me? Her name's Emily Heil, by the way, and okay. she is not doing well right now. She is nervous. She is exposed. She doesn't know what to say. She's nervous. Before sending that email? What I wanted to do is I wanted to talk to you when we had we had some specific questions for you. And so I wanted to kind of have the full idea of what we That's were That's not a full idea. What? Like you, the, anybody who's rationally reading that email being sent to an advertiser would have to be like, this is a hit piece. And you. By the way, I wonder if they, there's a legal recourse to this because they're trying to intimidate advertisers. I mean, it's really see-through. Have your mind made up. Why else would you put... No, but you you call me in the intro. I'll say it again. Dave Portman has a history of misogenic comments and other problematic behavior. 
He you, is trying to say misogynistic. I think so. Okay. I don't think disogenic is a word. I think you say misogenic. Misogenic is yeah. a word. Didn't say Dave Portnoy raised fifty million for small business. Dave Portnoy saved thousands of pizza places. You didn't mention. You said it in a way that is putting sponsors on the defensive. So what I worried about when we contacted you, I was worried that we would have sort of one shot to talk to you, right? And so what I wanted to do is make everything we were gonna that we wanted to talk to you about before I reached out to you. That's why. That's why I was waiting to call you. Because you wanted to have everything together before you talked to me. I got to be honest, this sense like something who's going to hit me last second, be like comments and all this negative stuff. You let me tell you what's happening right here. I guarantee you, you know what's happening right here? She has gotten um, reinforcements. She's been beckoning people over yes, to save or her. Or texting uh, somebody, or the other guy, co-writer or ed- editorial guy saying, what the freak do I say to this guy? And that's what we heard her say. Mm-hmm. That's that's what that was. This is kind of standard journalistic stuff. Like we unfortunately, yes. <laughs> yeah, I unfortunately, have been yes. an open book and willing to sit down with anybody at any time. And this all stems, by the way, from a guy who wrote an article that for 13 years, 13 years, has been tweeting negatively about me because he doesn't like me. So half the stuff he talks about didn't even exist the guy doesn't like me and now you're going to run with this on the washington post and anybody who's listening to this to think you were going to give me a fair chance when you're leading to our sponsors before you talk to me is crazy Ooh. okay um can we set up a time to talk tomorrow no would that be okay no why things are going so well right now yeah he's got an incredible piece of content she's got no answers this is a reporter. You, By the way, too, I was just looking at her Twitter. Do you know what she's a reporter of? She's a food writer. Okay. So all her articles, I get the feeling this was like going to be her big break because all her articles are like, we tasted 13 brands to tell help you decide which of these tubs to grab from the dairy case this summer. Our winner might surprise you. But that's exactly like Shirley the Young was the business editor mm-hmm. who used that to go after businesses about working advertising with which Dan- one rules the Kirk roost and which is for the bird we tried all the rotisserie chickens to find out yeah th- uh, this is all her articles so right this is her first attempt at like serious journalisming well right but this is why this is exactly the show the young thing like i said mm-hmm. who used the business section to go after businesses they're using the food writer to write under Quote the guise about exactly <laughs> exactly i just want to make sure like i've got all my questions ready and stuff to talk to you about would that be okay can we set up a time no Dave. i want to see the article before you, you do it no it's not really we, we can't do that and why can't you do it, why can't I, you do that because all i do when i what is i validate all- that would be considered unreasonable for him to see the article that would not be mm-hmm. allowed all the stuff you're about to make up against me i have been hit with the same things over and over and they're all so wildly out of context it's insane to say at this point in the game when you've already written to the sponsors let me say it again dave portman has a history of misogenic comments and other problematic behavior i catch you off guard on a phone call and now you're like no we planned on talking to you tomorrow like the washington post which is uh, wildly left-leaning publication. You have 
things you've said. You hate Trump. You hate Elon. Not that I'm those people. To think you're going to give me a fair shake. I wasn't born yesterday. I mean, I was going to, I wanted to talk to you and as part of my reporting. Like, we haven't written this story. We won't have written it by the time we talk. What he should be saying, I know he's already done a great job of this on the fly, mm-hmm. is no, we'll, we can talk right now. We can talk right now. Because she's going to get to say that he won't, didn't want to comment. Right. Like, this is, talking to you, I would hope, is going to be a big part of our reporting and, and a big part of the story. So I'm really hoping I do that, but I want to give you a chance if we're gonna you know it's about i want to give you a chance like she's doing him a solid that's a guy whispering in her ear telling her Mm -hmm. to say that because she's you know she's obviously getting lines from somewhere else from cooler heads remember this is the food writer writing about a pizza convention right you know the rules one bite that's what this is anything specific we're gonna include in the story but i just don't have it all in front of me because I'm working with another... You've reporter. got Portnoy on the phone right now, you hack piece of... It's incredible. <laughs> no. If she had any journalism chops at all, she would be trying to turn it around and get... Because comp- he's already said he's recording it. Yes. So it's on the record, essentially, from everybody's point of view. So she'd be trying to get him to say something, trying to antagonize him, trying to get him to like do something so that she can fill in her story with whatever. You know, but... You know, instead, she's given him every tool that he needs by, you know, being flustered. And, yes, and it's it is fantastic. You know, this, casting about trying to figure out what to say to him shows that they were absolutely going to try and write this story without getting any comments. This reminds from him. me of the, like the nineteen eighty nine or nineteen ninety recording of the mafia swearing in ceremony in Medford mm-hmm. that. Um, that there's audio for which confirmed everything that everybody thought including the burning of the cards in the hands and all the stuff and it's, it's, it's a right. huge thing this reminds me of that like this is such great you never catch a live one like this but he, he's got her essentially he's got her in custody yeah she should have either hung up at the beginning or tried to actually get some content to make here right i want to make sure that we you know have as full conversation as we can what have. was the thesis of this article you're writing thesis is i'm just reporting it's just you know reporting don't you think it was a little leading for her to narrative to my story at all which is why i was asking your sponsors why they're sponsoring you if you're so problematic there was absolutely no narrative and no agenda happening right you're an interesting guy this you have an interesting role in this industry and we just want to look at it that's all it seemed like you were going to try to shame sponsors for being associated with me and put them in a box when i know they all love me but nobody wants the Washington Post writing an article sponsor associated with misogenic, you know, racist piece of shit. Nobody wants that. And you, that's what you're trying to do. And even on this call, it's pretty clear that's what you were trying to do. You don't have the facts for me. Well, we started the call. We started the call with you saying you never said anything negative. And then I read back an email like, oh, I did on that one. I said that I sent a number of emails and that one was the most pointed because I was really trying to press them to respond. Why? I, 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 respond I, to what? And, and what I've been asking people about, I'm just asking people what they're doing. I'm just asking people about what you know, they doing? how they need mm-hmm. to participate and how they That's not what she asked. Well, what possible normal story could there be to write where you're covering Pizza Fest and you're right. reaching out to sponsors before you reach out to the people from the event? 
you, Unless you, right. it's a hack job story. Like, I'm just trying to imagine no, yeah. what possible news angle you could be pursuing where you're like, I'm going to cover the Phantom Gourmet Food Fest. Let me just... I'm not going to talk to that. It's a totally normal food section puff piece story about the Phantom Gourmet Food Fest. But first, I'm going to call up all their sponsors before I talk to them. Right. And what ask kind of... why you feel comfortable being with a misogynist. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, and also, she's saying, she's saying, I, I just want to see like what they're doing, what they're up to, why they want to do this. Like, mm-hmm. well, hey, Al's Pizza, why do you want to go to the Pizza Fest? <laughs> I know. But even before you get to the actual email, even before you have like the words of her email read back to her, it just there's no reason why you're reaching out to sponsors. Just like with Kirk right. Minahan. There's no reason if you're just writing a normal story about Kirk Minahan that you would be reaching out to Kirk Minahan's sponsors to ask why you're sponsoring him. Right. right. And, and the like, only tie-in would be is if this sponsor is also going to be, uh, you know, providing funds for Ukrainian war debt. And that's an interesting side piece, side story. Right. But that's not what this is. Now, but you could have just as easily said, what's your involvement? Are you proud to be involved with somebody who has done so much for the pizza and service industry? Right. That could have been an email. Can we set up a time tomorrow to talk? I mean, really, I want to I want to get into all of it. All of it. Well, I don't know if I trust uh-huh. you yet. So I, I'd want more. Dave. I want to see everything that you've been asking these people. Like, again, I don't think there's any. The generally why I don't do this at the last minute is because if you really wanted to get my perspective, it wouldn't be me calling you. You would have already reached out to me in a fair manner. Hey, hey sorry about that. I got it like a call that came in in the middle of it. Oh, no worries. Okay. No, I was just saying, I was going to call you. I really wanted to talk with you. I want to have a really full conversation. That's why. So can, what time? Can I'm, I'm more than willing no, to have an not, open Dave. conversation about no. anything if the okay. article is not written. I'm afraid with what I'm seeing already here, all it does is it validates a hit piece. I swear. <laughs> I have not written <laughs> have not written the story, believe me. Have you yeah. made your mind up about me? Yes, she, she has. By the way, the pizza festival is this Saturday. Yes. So the article has to come out by Friday. Yes. To be- the article is written. So, <laughs> I mean, like she has made today, up her mind I about show you today as being end of business Wednesday. So I mean, like if the article is not written, it's close to being written. Like the amount of time that she has to write this article. Yes. And like, and then he just said on Twitter that she backed out of trying to talk to him at 10 a.m. tomorrow and now she wants to talk to him at 5 p.m. tomorrow right. so when's the article going to be written emily like yes it it's gonna be yes sense. it's gonna be is pepperoni your, pizza with a side of sexism it's your, already written does your editor like feel comfortable with you handing in the story like 10 minutes before they put it on the website like i'm just or i mean and i assume they wanted to go to print too like i don't when when are you going to write this story if you're not going to talk to him until five o'clock tomorrow we were definitely going to reach out to you. Not for me to say, and I'm also working with somebody else. But that seems like a pretty straightforward question. That have you made your mind up about me? If you can't answer that, no. I can say I have not made my mind up about you. Then why would you include that in the in the email to sponsors? 
because I was hoping for a dialogue with them. You know, it's sometimes you have to say something like, this is like, you know, it's sort of a reporting tactic when you want oh. to respond. You kind of have to indicate that there might be something negative, and then you get them to engage. For, uh, for a pizza convention? <laughs> Dave's rapey. So Are you okay hear, with that? So glad to hear about her opinions By on way, reporting tactics when her stories are about rotisserie chickens. Is that how that goes? The funny is that, thing is, does she normally go to the grocery store to buy their rotisserie chickens to taste test and ask them if they're okay with the way the chickens are treated in the facility? Like, does she? This is a reporting tactic she frequently uses when she's perusing the dairy case for the best cases of ice cream. Alice, what is this story going to say? It's going to say it's going to name and shame the sponsors of the pizza thing for being associated with Portnoy. This is this what this article is. X number of sponsors drop out of Portnoy Pizza Review. Right. She doesn't expect to talk to any of these people other than maybe one reply is saying after going over whatever we've decided not to, whatever. That's it. Mm-hmm. She didn't. This is a total hit piece by email. That's all this is. Right. That's why they, she's not talking to him. It's supposed to be they dropped out of this sexist. Well, unless... Unless what she wanted was to get some of them to drop out and then reach out to him, you know, 10 minutes before her publication deadline and say, like, what's your comment on why people are dropping out of your food festival, Dave Portnoy? Mm, maybe. You know? Or it, or maybe this is when they hand it off to the news guy, the news mm-hmm. team to just rehash all the other stuff that's done. That's all I was trying to do. I really wanted them to engage with me. That is a... Sad state of journalism if that's a tactic that you have to what I would say is make up something about somebody. There might be some there might be something negative. And so you want to give people a chance to respond and have a conversation with Yeah, what negative? No, you mean the negative? You mean the stuff you put in the email? That's what it is? Yeah, we want to give them a chance to respond why they would be associated with you. Don't right. you understand? We want to be able to respond and put a shine on the absolute you know, sack job we've done to you. By yeah. the way, the letter record show that she's, they've been talking for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And she's so looking forward to talking to him that she has yet to get a question out. She and her colleagues so want to talk to him. And they've meant, meant to talk to him tomorrow They've morning. been trying to talk to him this whole time. So seemingly. much that they, they, there's yet to be a question. Right. Because there are no questions for him. They she already got have the stuff. Anything to ask the him. stuff about him is already written. Right. What I was trying to do. But at the same time you're saying you don't know that that's actually truth, so you're you're leading with something that you haven't done enough research to know no, if it's I, valid. No, no, no. I'm, saying, I'm saying there might be a fuller picture. And that's what I want to talk to you about. And I want to set up a time tomorrow morning maybe. Like 10? No. Are you free at 10? I got to do more research on you. I, I still don't have the vibe that you're go- like that you're going to give me any sort of fair shake. Okay. Well, that's so let- fair. I can tell you, and I'll, let me tell you the name. If you want to, like, you want to look into me, you want to look. My colleague um, that I'm working with on the story, his name is Tim Carmen. He's also a food reporter at the Post, and it, I'd love for both of us to be on the call and just. Why? Know, we can talk. Why do you have to both be on the call? I'm happy to, you know, I've, I definitely want some on the record stuff, but if there's stuff you want to tell me that you want to tell me on background or off the record, we can talk about all. This is the, a charm move by her. Mm-hmm. We can just shoot, just shoot, shoot in the breeze. No, no, don't worry about it. Just shoot, shoot in the breeze. Put your guard down, Dave. No, I'm always on the record. There's nothing I would ever say that is off the record. I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. Um, okay, so um, maybe when we say tentatively 10 o'clock tomorrow? 
Yes, I'll confirm tentatively. Now, the one thing I'd always ask, just like this is being recorded, I would record the interview tomorrow. I didn't have a chance to hit record, so I didn't. I'm not recording this call, but I get that you are. That's totally fine. I always anticipate that. You know, you already she's recording, by the way, you already agreed that it's fine by being on the call. Right. After he said that. I get that. Okay, so that that is a good step in establishing some degree of trust. So if you're fine with me recording tomorrow, then let's do uh, 10 a.m. tomorrow. Okay. do you want to call me on this number? Sure. Yes. Okay. Okay. great. All right. All right. We'll talk tomorrow. Okay. that is a viper. And she wants to get our little Viper involved. That's a great move by him. Yeah, and now up. they're not doing 10. Now right, they're going to do you, 5 o'clock tomorrow. Yes, as you reported. <laughs> um, so this is, here's an, another one. This is uh, this is short. This is not uh, 11 minutes. This is, uh, somebody did a hit piece on Barstool. This guy named Jay Schneider who writes for uh, NewJersey.com and the Star Ledger. Okay. Um, he's got 10,000 followers on Twitter. And so he writes his hit piece on 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 um, Barstool. Mm-hmm. Minahan reached out to him, said, "Hey, we'd love to have you on the phone, whatever." And he's been dodging coming on, so they just get his number and call him. Now, this is what the tough guy who writes a hit piece. Listen to how he answers. Hello, hey Jeremy. Hello, hey Jeremy. It's uh, you're live to tape. This is Kirk Minahan from Barstool Sports. How are you, the Kirk Minahan Show? Where would you get my number? You bitch! <laughs> you incredible, dickless thing, you! Where'd you get my number? Oh, that's like a journalist? Do you think... If, let me tell you something. If Howie Carr called, even when Howie's 25, and you got his number and called him right back, he'd be thrilled! Oh, yeah. But journalists aren't sharks anymore. Yeah. Like I said, they're people the, with too many expensive degrees and trust funds because the, this has been part of the problem with the hollowing out of journalism as an industry is that nobody's not that necessarily people were doing it for the money before. It wasn't like some super highly paid profession, but you know, it you used to be able to like kind of have a life on a journalist salary like right. and and now the salaries are like absurd. They're like I mean not i won't name any names of any companies but i've heard of companies offering people with multiple journalism degrees jobs as reporters at real newspapers for like less than i was making at home depot working nights during the pandemic like i'm not making that up they're they're ridiculous salaries so i mean the only people who get into it now are super wealthy people Right. With, with an agenda. Exactly. Hello. Hey, Jeremy. It's, uh, you're live to tape. This is Kirk Minahan from Barstool Sports. How are you? The Kirk Minahan Show. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. 
Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Where'd you get my number? Uh, the number fairy, Jeremy. I don't know. My <laughs> producer has it. Hey, no. uh, yeah, I, uh, my number's not out there, and I, I don't really... Yeah, it is. We, 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 yes, it is out there, Jeremy. Now it is. You know, it's funny when you play these games and want to get into other people's lives. So, Taylor Lorenz. Right. I get to open you up and expose you. You can't do it to me or else... My life's totally secret. Same right. with, like, Ben Collins at NBC. These are the people that, you know, they've been exposed as being total, like, hacks that every detail of their personal lives is completely wiped off the map. Taylor Lorenz, like her tweets aren't archived in the in the Internet Wayback Machine. Like it's crazy the connections they have to make sure that they're not traceable. These people, so yeah, they make sure that you can't find them. And when you do, they act like like the what did they, you say? Aggrieved. Like the soccer player who's yes, been <laughs> takes a fall, <laughs> takes takes a dive. Yeah, they're like. I'm allowed to stab you, but you're not allowed to stab me. Ah, what happened? I've been doxxed. Numbers not out there, and I, I don't really. Well, we we we, we, we we picked we picked nine random numbers, Jeremy, and you you won. Congratulations. <laughs> Are you willing to answer some questions about this column or no? I am not talking to you guys about this. So why is that? I mean, you, you, but you wrote you wrote a column. You have an opinion. Why wouldn't you Why wouldn't you back it up? I, I wrote what I wrote, and I appreciate it. Have a good one. Thank okay, you. Okay, thanks, bud. Hello. Hey, you total what a bitch. Can you imagine? Yeah. Holy moly, that is so, so small, so disgusting. Yeah, once again, if you have an opinion, go for it. Like, same thing with this food writer. You're willing to write to sponsors of this guy's pizza festival to tell them what a misogynist and how problematic he is as a, quote, journalism tactic. You know what, writer? You wrote down the words. Do you not stand by them? Do you not have that opinion, really? Like, right. I mean, because people who go into media should be excited to talk about their opinions. Right? Uh, of course they should be. You should be thrilled. Isn't that, as a journalist, I mean, like, wouldn't you be really excited? I mean, don't you remember, like, when you got called out for a bunch of stuff and you, like, went on radio shows and shot That's right crazy. back at people and, like, people called... The only ones you didn't do were the people who were, like... I'm a professor of racial equity. Well, and when like, I was called to bow before the throne <laughs> no, for some no, freaking being, academic. And no, plus and like no, not for a no, media attention. But there was yeah. no star to turn to happening. No, but. They weren't. But if if she had called you up and said, you're live to tape and I'm going to send this to the media and try and make a story out of what you say, you would have been right there. Of course. Of course. Like, that's what you should be looking for. That's what the media environment's like. It's wild that they're like, no, excuse me. I'm I'm a serious reporter. I'm not part of the Which story. Which reminds me, the British government is now also yeah, talking so, to Rumble. Right. I wanted to get to this earlier, but, um, but yeah, because it does fit in. So the whole thing with Russell Brandt, obviously, because we live in apparently total fascism, we talked about yesterday how YouTube... Um, took Russell Brand's content down, not because anything was wrong. Brand, with you know, that, Russell right? Brand. 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 What did I say? Brand. It sounds like no, Brand. I said Brand. Okay, it's, it's coming I off like know. Brand to me. It doesn't matter. Okay. Well, I stop too much when I say it or something. I don't know. When Russell Brand said it, th he's off of YouTube now. 
Yeah, I saw and that. And so, like, we talked about that yesterday, how YouTube took him down because the standard is now, if somebody says you did something 20 years ago, that your content, which was fine last week, if somebody says you did something bad 20 years ago, then your content gets to be taken down. Of course, that doesn't seem to happen with, like, Woody Allen movies or anything. You right. know, because he's a good leftist. But that's what they use if you, like, go off the reservation at all in terms of, like, viewpoint. Then, you know, if we want to take your viewpoints down, then we'll find somebody who will say that you did something 20 years ago, right? And I don't know. Maybe it's all true. Maybe he's an awful person. Maybe he treated women really badly. I don't know. I wasn't there. I believe it. He was doing a lot of drugs and was crazy. Back when he was a leftist, by the way. I mean, he still is in some in a lot of ways. But anyway, like, at some point, the point isn't whether or not the accusations are true. Like, but there's apparently no crime committed. The accusations mostly seem to be bad behavior. Right. And, and I mean... He didn't do anything to violate YouTube standards now, but now the British government has stepped it up because, of course, they don't have a First Amendment in England. And I always have known people who scoff at this when you say, like, oh, well, America has freedom of speech and X, Y, Z other countries don't, right? And people always scoff at that, like, oh, like, you don't have freedom of speech in Europe or England or wherever. You know, like, that's ridiculous. Of course, we have freedom of speech. Well, you do until you don't. Like, people get arrested for hate speech and stuff all the time in England. Yes. And convicted of it, which is crazy. Well, in the United States, we have another way to shut people up, and that sometimes is trying to sabotage their pizza fest. Yeah. So, yeah, the First Amendment, but at least they have to, like, do a little work in the United States to try and ruin you. And if you have sponsors who will stand by you, they can't... There's only so much they can do, right? But... Um, so the British government has, um, complained, first they complained to TikTok. They want to know if Russell Brand is, um, making any money on their platform. And if so, they would like him to stop. This is the culture, media, and sport committee to, um, the director of government relations. This is based on some some allegations from a couple of websites. That... They all knew about, but right. until somebody wrote an article about it and said it did exactly what this food reporter did, essentially, wrote an article about it and said, how is it that Russell Brand is allowed to monetize all this content when he's so problematic? We've interviewed several anonymous people who won't go on the record or charge him with any crime, and they all say that he did some pretty problematic stuff. Now, like, the government's going after him, like, in this weird extrajudicial way. If you have crimes to charge him with, charge him with the freaking crimes. But this is what they wrote. They wrote 19 September 2023. They wrote to the director of government relations for Europe of TikTok. I'm writing concerning the serious allegations regarding Russell Brand in the context as a user of TikTok with more than 2.2 million followers on the platform. Blah, blah, blah. They say all this stuff. Uh, We are concerned that he may be able to profit from his content on the platform. We would be grateful if you could confirm whether Mr. Brand is able to monetize his content in TikTok posts, including his videos related to the serious accusations against him and what the platform is doing to ensure that creators are not able to use the platform to undermine the welfare of victims of inappropriate and potentially illegal behavior. Jesus, talk about pernicious government. 
Yep, says Dame Caroline, chair of the Culture, Media, and Sport Committee. Oh, my goodness. The Committee for Public <laughs> Health, once I know. again. So, oh. they're going after TikTok. Apparently, it's been reported that they also, Glenn Greenwald has said that they also wrote a similar letter to the Rumble platform. Oh, yeah, I said and we so, have it. I sent so, it. essentially, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, they're essentially, what they're doing is they're basically, because all these social media apps are so much more heavily regulated in the EU and in England. They are essentially threatening these companies to say, we don't want you to allow Russell Brand to make money with you. It's the same thing. Right. Except in this case, it's even worse because it's under the auspices of the government, which actually does have regulatory power over them, you know, and, you know, they just lost that leash in the United States on Dave Portnoy because they had regulatory power over him. And they don't right, any with the, because, with the pen stuff, and they don't anymore. So now the Washington Post goes after him, right? Yes. And, and they do the same thing. They go after his means of making money, and they try and threaten and bully and coerce the people who are allowing him to make money into kicking him off the platform or demonetizing his pizza festival or whatever it is. You know what I mean? They're go they're using the same approaches to say. Oh, yeah, sure. You have freedom of speech. You're fine. We're not doing anything to you. We're just going to make sure you can never make any money again. Right. Well, <laughs> we're not doing anything to you. We're just going to destroy you. That's fine. Yeah. But it's for your own good. Yeah. And then they'll turn around and say, oh, well, the advertisers freely left the pizza festival. It's a free country. They can do what they want after <laughs> they bullied them, you know? And just like, you know, just like they said with Twitter when Elon Musk bought Twitter. Oh, the advertisers just didn't want to be associated with all the Nazi content after Media Matters spent months talking to them about how problematic right. Elon Musk was and how their content would be featured with Nazi content and they needed to get off the platform. This is what they do. This is what they do. And then they pretend like it just happened naturally. And like you were saying, like, is there legal recourse? I don't. I don't know that there's legal recourse because it is kind of a free country. Like advertisers can do what they want. Or not do what they want. Um, but, and clearly, I mean, England is total fascism. They <laughs> they can bully. But it seems like in the companies. same sense that there's payola in radio. Mm-hmm. Like, these people, there's a hidden agenda under the guise of journalism happening. Right. But I think that rather than trying to take the Washington Post to court, I think what Dave Portnoy has done here is far more effective. So do I. So do I. Because it completely exposes them because they're, they're not going to lose the power to do stuff like this until people no longer take the Washington Post seriously. Mm-hmm. If I was one of these advertisers that had been reached out to, I would be very reassured right now. Right. And isn't it good for Portnoy that they went right to him and sent it to him? Right. Uh- yeah. So, and I mean, he's been through it a little bit with advertisers mm-hmm. in the past with stuff um and so like obviously he gets how it works and a lot of the people who stick with him know what content he produces and know who he is far better than the washington post does so you know it is what it is but there's it's just non-stop lying and dishonesty well right like, when you to talk bottom. about you know the using the government to go after you uh, this is my last thing. Okay. Is that uh, today Merrick Garland was up on Capitol Hill, and um, obviously from Hunter Biden to this and that, and it was the normal stuff. You know, it's I think mm-hmm. it's good to get him uh, on his heels, 
Obviously, we know a lot of this stuff is showboating, but it's also good that he wasn't able to answer, or he he answered questions differently than he did last time. One of the people who was a standout was Rep. Victoria Sparts. Do you know her? Mm-mm. Um, she's telegenic, but uh, this is her going after Merrick Garland. General, you had a very moving... Obviously, we like this already, right? ...statement about your grandparents coming mm-hmm. here... Uh, from Belarus to live in the country without fear of prosecution. I grew up in very similar country, Ukraine now, and when I came here as a young person, I believed in the value as an American not to be afraid of my government. But I wanted to tell you, and I want to share with you and get your thoughts on that. Are you aware that a lot of Americans are now are afraid of being prosecuted by your department. Are you aware about that? Are you aware of that? I'm just saying, are you aware or not? Uh, I think that uh, constant attacks on the department and saying no, it's that... It's not the, attacks. Well, let me, let me give you an example. I don't know we talk what, about January 6th. People. I'm sorry? Here, there, there are some people came on January 6th. There are probably were some people that came on January 6th here you know, that had bad intent. But a lot of good Americans from my district came here because they are sick and tired of this government not serving them. They came with strollers and the kids, and there was chaotic situation because the proper security wasn't provided. That's a question that was answered really why. Why we debated for 45 minutes on the floor and didn't stop the debate after the people broke in into the Capitol. But these people came. They were throwing the smoke bombs into the crowd with strollers with kids. People were showed up, you know, FBI agent to people's houses. You had in my district, in my town, FBI phone numbers all over the district. Please call. Call that. People are truly afraid. I just want to make sure if you're not aware that you are. And this is a big problem when people are afraid of their own government. And I'll share some other things. We're talking about justice system. I don't question, you're probably not a bad person. I don't know you, but well, I'll tell you, you're in charge of the department. And people right now feel, you know, I look at Durham report and I call on the fights of violations of queries of millions of Americans, right? It's like KGB, but when I read Durham reports, we have this, you have a nice, you know, playbook. First, let's have a special counsel, and then you don't have to answer any questions here. Then, let's extend slow work investigation on Hillary Clinton, on Hunter, everything is slow work. We were very quick on Donald Trump, but you were very slow work. Then, by the time you know that investigation and its statute of limitation expired, and all of your agents need to be tested for amnesia, no one recalls anything. Okay, you probably should have as part of your hiring policy. So no one held accountable, which was egregious what happened, you know, in that report. When I read with them, I can't believe it happened in the United States of America. This is my frustration. I'll be honest with you. Then it's very interesting, you know, regardless what it is, even people in Obama administration raise concerns. You know, how can President Sanz be serving on, you know, corrupt Ukrainian oligarchs. Do you understand that it actually can undermine the one Ukrainian effort and policy? I think these concerns were raised. The Obama administration didn't do anything about it. These people are dying right now, and Americans don't trust this president. 
So you, I want to ask you one thing. You know, as you, you know, I don't need answer because I know you're not going to, but I think you're probably good American and you care. And a lot of these people are so afraid they cover up this stuff, I think, in your department because they're embarrassed that what we became as a country to say that what our Department of Justice became. That allows Russians to do propaganda in Chinese. It True. allows them mm-hmm. to destabilize our country. That is danger to our republic. It is significant danger. And I have just one more question from you. You know, I mean, I agree on corporate crimes and FISA stuff, even with Democrats, that we need to do a better job. One more question for you. Do you believe that, you know, you talk about rights to vote, but do you believe that only U.S. citizens should be voting in this election and doing anything to make sure that only eligible people vote in elections? Yes and yes. Okay, I would like to see that, what you do. Thank you. Neil back. Nice to meet her. Yeah. I well, like that. Um, we're long. So do you want to do something? I have two more little tidbits that have to do with journalistic dishonesty Good. while we're on the topic. Um, one is that uh, it's been reported. We've talked about this a little bit before about the Diary of Anne Frank stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, they are um, claiming now that a teacher was fired for teaching the Diary of Anne Frank in school. Yes. Which, I mean, like, I read the Diary of Anne Frank in school. You probably were supposed to, but didn't. Um, I, I wasn't, but didn't. But that was back when the clean version was out. Well, the clean version is the one that was published by her dad. Because right. her dad, when publishing her diary, published a version that cut parts where his, you know, preteen daughter was talking about her budding sexuality in her personal diary exactly and there's some other things that weren't germane to the point about her parents relationship and just some stuff that right you know that you didn't need you, that any editor would have caught right i mean like you know the guy's daughter died in the holocaust maybe he wanted to give her some kind of privacy for mm-hmm. some and you know like if you want to write adult books that address some of the topics of like who was the real Anne Frank then fine right. but anyway there is a graphic novel version so an illustrated version of the diary of Anne Frank that decided to put a bunch of those um more graphic sexualized parts That's about the young Anne Frank back into the book um, you know, like her sexual fantasies as she wrote about in the diary and stuff. I think it's gross. Mm-hmm. Um, so the middle school teacher that was fired for teaching the diary of Anne Frank was fired for teaching about that version, <laughs> not right. not the other version. Um, right, and that's a, that's so, this a disingenuous attack that the left is saying. So right. you want to, and not only that, um, but she asked the kids questions specifically about that sexual content that was in the book and this was a substitute teacher not the reg- oh, regular teacher of the class i see so that's why the teacher was fired yes. not um not but you know that's what you do is you just publish the claim randy weingarten has tweeted it out now a bunch of people have tweeted it out the teacher was not fired for anything like you know teaching the diary of Anne frank which just feeds into this narrative that the right wants to like ban teaching of the holocaust because they want to repeat history or whatever some dumb thing but yeah no the people who promote sexual content to kids should be fired obviously especially in middle school bunch of psychos anyway um so that's thing one and and you know a bunch of people go around believing that you know because the story's been published and the correction doesn't you know you can't find all the people who read or heard about the story and get the correction to them Right. So a bunch of people will go around believing that. 
And the other one is, you remember Michael Wolff, who wrote, like, Fire and Fury about Trump and, like, yes, Siege, yes, yes. Oh, Trump yes, under yes. Fire. He yeah. was good on uh, cable TV, yeah. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's obviously extremely sensationalist and, like, not afraid to make things up. Right. But um, did you see what he's claimed in his new book? No. He claimed that uh, Ron DeSantis visited Tucker Carlson to, like, hobnob and kicked his dog. DeSantis kicked Tucker's dog? DeSantis kicked Tucker Carlson's dog under the table. So now this is having to be debunked because obviously all the like blue and non psychos and a bunch of the Trump people are all excited by this claim, obviously, that Ron DeSantis goes around kicking people's dogs. But um, I mean, should I not have done that? <laughs> so, but um, Tucker Carlson, you'll be pleased to know, has. Um, commented and said mm-hmm. that obviously Ron DeSantis never touched his dog. It's completely absurd and ridiculous. And so um, this is, but this was published in New York Magazine in an excerpt from the author's book, The Fall, The End of Fox News and the Murdoch Dynasty. Uh, great. So, so obviously now, and because it's election season, and this is why he publishes stuff like this, because we've now heard of this book that we would never have heard of, of and we're talking about it. And th- that's why he did... Um, the, so the excerpt says, the Carlsons are dog people with four spaniels who sleep in their bed. DeSantis pushed the dog under the table and had kicked the dog. The book also claims Carlson came away from the meeting believing DeSantis was a fascist. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, but, but on and good. on. That's all the media does. I'm sure that if Emily could, you know, do it under the auspices of her editor, she would write. I mean, maybe that's a journalism tactic. I don't know. Maybe... You write to the pizza sponsors and you say, like, are you worried about associating yourself with someone that some people have claimed has kicked dogs before? <laughs> like, there's nothing that upsets people more than, like, kicking dogs. So it's, you know, but you can just say stuff. Right. And that's how it goes. But, uh, you know, I <sighs> the idea that we revere these entities, and that's why I think what Dave Portnoy did was so important and, yes. and effective and much more so than like legal ramifications is because nobody should take any of these people seriously. The PR department should laugh these people away when when they come emailing. Alice, what is the hot sauce? The hot sauce is the Chelsea Fire Wicked Hot Sauce, and they bring us the Chelsea Fire Wicked Hotline. I've been using it with uh, Tzatziki. tzatziki mm-hmm. how Fritz asking in the chat, by the way, he gave you some hot sauce that he made from his garden when we were in Connecticut. I used some yesterday, and it's delicious. You wanted to know if it burned I, your face off. It was hot as hell, but I also, I also um, cut it with um, you know, ranch dressing I was having at the same time with little pieces of sausages, but it was awesome. Fritz, thank you. Thank you for reminding me to thank you. Um, good stuff. Good stuff. Sell it commercially. So let me get this straight. Howard Stern, who used to have porn stars, mm-hmm. Jessica Hahn, the yeah. Kielbasa Queen, and so many other raunchy women He's on shocked. show, is against Lauren Boebert. Shocked. He's shocked. Isn't that the pot call in the kettle black? He's shocked by her behavior. He's never seen somebody dressed like that. He doesn't that like a life. bleep dress. He's very upset at the dress. He doesn't like cleavage. He's never been a guy who's ever liked cleavage. <laughs> uh oh. Dr. Cheswick, this says the new licorice re- re- religion. Licorice religion. Could, should this be all you can eat or is this us? That's probably all you can eat. We did talk about black licorice on the All You Can Eat podcast. Stephen Gloucester already weighed in. Isn't it amazing that. People in the press treat Christianity, ah, here we go, or 
I guess, Catholicism, however you'd like to spin it, um, as a dire religion. And yet the alphabet people are treated as a brandy new, shiny religion. Yeah. That has all the right meaning and all of the right way to go about things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's It's incredible how they demonize one side. And don't forget, if that was like uh, maybe a Muslim thing, they wouldn't even touch it. It's it's so one sided. It's disgusting. I all I hope for is that, you know, some real conservative Republican wins that super lotto and just starts buying up all these newspapers that are on the cheap because nobody buys them and turn them center Mm -hmm. right also tom i love black licorice my mother ate it the entire time she was pregnant with me and i actually like it it's delicious. That is awful. I'm but sorry I that happened to you. I wow. believe the ingesting of that has led to a certain <laughs> deficiency, Dr. Cheswick, that you obviously have in suggesting that black licorice is anything but demonic. Which is, but you're right about that, about the religion of the of uh, trans. It is a- absolutely... To SLGBTQI+. The plus means that, oh, we're going to add more stuff. We just don't know, but you need to accept it whole cloth. More stuff's coming down the road. It's like, yeah, whatever. Hey, guys, when it comes to the media, I feel like we have a collection of idiots who are afraid of repercussions and retaliation. And they're afraid to report on things because they're looking at themselves and thinking, am I going to be the next Russell Brand? And I wish we had a country that had more Tucker Carlson's more Elon Musk's, more Joe Rogan's, and more Tom and Alice Shaddix who will tell us the truth and will tell us exactly what's going on because if we don't have people telling the truth in the next five to ten years, we're just really going to become that banana republic that Trump loves to talk about. Thank you. Well, I I think that people are so calibrated. A lot of people, like this person going after Portnoy, um, a lot of people did not get into most reporter jobs are not held by journalists anymore. They're held by activists. Yeah. And yeah, they like, like Al said that and most of the papers are also owned by activists or activists or, or hedge, hedge funds. funds that their activism is to stop the papers from producing well, they can, news well, they, at all costs. They know that they can hire, uh, Columbia grads for 22 grand a year. So, and they will do that because they don't care about the quality of the paper. So that's why you have an activist who should just be, you know, at zoning board meetings, but is not because they want to be change the world. Right. And not that many of those people making $22,000 a year either, because the hedge, the point of the hedge fund in owning the newspaper is to just cut it until they can just take AP stories, wire stories all day long. Which is also full of activists. (laughs) BB, Paul in the car. Why? Exclamation points. Hey guys, Paul in the car. Hi, Paul. Paul. Why are we giving Ukraine even more money? Well, he asked nicely. He came to Washington, D.C. And shook hands with people. Have you seen the, like, blonde wig creepy person? Yeah, that person's been been fired, I think, or disciplined. An American trans person, like, yelled at us or something. I I don't, it's like, that's their public relations. It's great. (laughs) And second why to that why is 
why every time when we give this guy money, he shows up here and lectures us about he does whatever supposed shortcomings we have about the the mm-hmm. fake climate change battle or the mm-hmm. uh, yeah whatever whatever it is like what I this can't be this can't be real this is not I know I know it is but this can't be real it, yeah it I was perplexed by the climate change thing too because I'm like what I thought he was like in an existential th- like battle for his no, country to like knows, literally be alive from he knows Russians the climate them. is a more existential threat like what Absolutely. just the make up your mind which is, is worse Putin or the climate climate change is stealing more Ukrainian kids and bringing okay. them into yeah. Russia so that makes me if you tell me that the threat of climate change is worse than the threat Ukraine mm-hmm. uh, faces from Putin, that makes me not want to give them Did more you know money what? to we fight We should just Putin. build them wind farms. And we can yeah. keep the uh, bullets that you we know need what? here. It's, I think it's more the more important battle that we should fight right now. Unimaginable that we're giving, continue to give this country money. And then, you know, we just sort of, Backhandedly give the people of Maui seven hundred dollars, you know, after yes. tax it's three seventy five or whatever, whatever stupid <laughs> amount they end up getting. I mean, this is insanity. And yeah, I'm generally concerned that you know next week I'm going to be walking down my driveway to get the mail, and you know here comes the fifth battalion of the Chinese National Guard, whatever the hell they call themselves. You know, this is it. It's over. Yeah, I mean, it feels like that. I mean, I, I just don't know why more people aren't up in arms about it. it I kind just, of, no, everyone just seems to be ho-hum. You guys certainly are and the folks that listen, but good Lord. Anyways, thanks. Yeah, Paul, I think people are, the people get up in arms about the Ukraine thing when you suggest maybe we should look at an off-ramp. Then look it up in arms about, or for you, uh, at you. You're right. not allowed to suggest that we sue for peace in any kind of You're way. You're not allowed to ask what the goal of it is. No, you have to be <laughs> like, all what in. What are we trying to do And be exactly? mean to Russians in the streets. Just here. give him money, okay, yes. and shut up. And Russians can't run to the Boston Marathon anymore. They just can't. Also, we can't play Tchaikovsky. <laughs> yeah, I, but, but you know what? You want to end this war? Donald Trump wins the presidency, goes over and hugs Zelensky, and they do buddy-buddy. The support for this war will plummet. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, everyone will this, have a problem. Z- Zelensky will become Kanye, and they'll start talking about how crazy he is. Well, they used to, when Trump like did the phone call thing with him, and they released the, quote, perfect phone call. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that um, Zelensky was like really complimentary to Trump yes. on that call? Because he was like trying to get stuff out of him. Mm-hmm. So kind of like... He was almost at that point in time before all this other stuff happened because he had been an actor and an entertainer and kind of not a very serious person at the time. He had been like people almost thought maybe he was like a more Trumpy anti-establishment figure because and he was so complimentary to Trump, too. And at that point in time, there were leftists because Trump was president who were willing to say that there was corruption in Ukraine and stuff, and maybe not everything there was totally on the up and up. Right. But, you know. Hi. Steve hey, from Aramac. Hey, Steve. Hey, Steve. I am so excited to hear that the uh, city of Hartford is celebrating Pride Week yeah. again. Because I'm mm-hmm. sure there was not a single Pride flag on public property no. or any celebrations anywhere during the entire month of June. No. So mm-hmm. it's important that we do this in uh, late September. <laughs> yes. That's fun. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm very, very happy to hear that they're celebrating, quote, gay culture 
mm-hmm. unquote. And uh, I just want to give you a little li- rundown of, uh, of uh, you know, my impressions of gay culture. And uh, sure. I, I, I hope you'll uh, I hope you'll appreciate them. Yeah. The first part of gay culture is ketamine. What is cat ketamine? tranquilizers, which are widely used? So like special. I would K? also say amyl like nitrate is uh, is a particular cat tranquilizer. Is that true? I don't know. Anal nitrate. Now the party favor, and also of course poppers. Poppers Pop. are fun. What are these things? I think they're drugs. Some of them. I don't know. Uh, or is, is could that be a plug of sort? This is. Wait, I don't know. So, uh, rest stops. Well, rest stops are all you know. I'm sure there's going to be a rest stop exhibit. I uh, well, if, oh, oh. Steve, I think I don't know what those other ones mean, but I think that rest stops can be used by straight and gay people for hooking up, right? Sure. But I think that maybe, maybe not. Actually, I guess if you're a woman, you generally wouldn't just walk into the woods. I don't. I don't know anything about. Speaking rest, of how exhibits, how about stops? Robert Maplethorpe and his exhibit? Oh yes, the where flowers. you know the placement of bullwhips was. Uh, oh, I don't remember you know, that. Very, very artistic. I remember kids in flowers. Oh no, flowers is George O'Keefe, right? Okay. Maplethorpe was children. That's right. Joyce Colhaywick loved it. Okay. Uh, how about nudity at public parades in front of children? That does mm-hmm. happen. That, that's always that's, fun. Yes. Yes. Uh, how about drag? And they're nude, nude in front of kids, and they're riding bikes in the summer. There's a lot that's not great about that mm-hmm. whatsoever. Drag time everything. Not just story hour. Drag yes. time, you know, auto mechanics. It's drag art now. Mm-hmm. Whatever. You know, everything needs to be drag. Uh, you know, outing people. That's another great right? part of gay culture. Didn't they try to out William Shatner, like, in the 90s? Yeah. But he's not gay. <laughs> I know. There's so he's many. Stri- he's straight, just like Sulu. There's. It's weird how like the thought has shifted on that, and I think wasn't hasn't TMZ been a big part of that? Or no, it was um, Gawker, right? Were they out? Yes, the, yes. That's that was. why Peter Thiel went after them, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, and they had. Who was it who went after the Wachowski brothers that are no longer the Wachowski brothers? Because they had been trying to live super privately. Oh, the too. guys from the Matrix. Yeah, the Matrix guys. I don't remember that are now the, the Wakowski sisters. Yeah, I forget which pub. That might have been TMZ. But yeah, there was like a philosophy among certain think, people. I don't think Harvey Levin's going outing people. Would you? I don't know, but there there's a contingent of people on the left who don't think you should be allowed to like secretly be gay. Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. It used to be bigger. Great part of gay culture where because they disagree with someone, they decide to ruin their lives yes. by mm-hmm. outing them as gay yes. and uh, without a care in the world. And then, of course, the other person's life is ruined or they're humiliated right. and they don't care. Right. Uh, you have to be destroyed if you're gay if you're the wrong type of gay. Right. You have to be a gay progressive. If you're not, then you must be destroyed. Um, nine. Corrupting children in schools. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Forcing children 
to deal with their agenda of uh, reading horrendously awful books. And Did you see, by the way, that book, Gender Queer or whatever, mm-hmm. that, in, that shows all the illustrations yeah. of how boys are supposed to fillet men, mm-hmm. um, that everybody on the left has been defending to the hilt, saying, no, 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 it's, it's absolutely yep. fine, it's curriculum, etc. Kids need to be able to see themselves in what they read, etc. Right. That the author has now come around and said, it's probably not a good idea for kids to be reading this. So now the author's come and said that. We'll see now what the new thing is. I assume we have to destroy the author now. Learning nothing that will serve them later in life uh, other than to be a really caring, compassion, compassionate person, which none of them are. Right. And uh, how about my favorite, lowering the age of consent? Right. And uh, George Takei. And I'm sure Ooh. George Takei will be celebrated this week. I think George has spent mm, about 35 years trying to get the age of consent lowered in California. Is that true? So he's a really, really wonderful human being. And uh, Did you not hear my Sulu joke? I heard it. Oh, I guess it's late. Uh, finally, you know, probably America's favorite, uh, butt sex. Okay? Oh. Thank I don't you. know. That's not. I think heterosexuals can do that too. I'm not even sure. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I learned something about gay culture on wow. the internet yesterday that I had sent to you. Alice, that I'm not going to get not. into the details. I'm just going to say that um, sometimes I find things out on the internet, and it makes me sorry that I'm online and makes me want to quit all social media. But then I would lose getting to talk to all you fun people. So it's worth it. I just need to like scrub that from my brain. The thing I learned about gay culture yesterday. Alice. But um, yeah. Any- she will tell you. DM her. She'll tell you. <laughs> um, anyway, but uh, you know, I would miss you guys. So I stay on social media, and and I do this for you. Really, I do. Um, <laughs> you can join us on Patreon.com/slash Burn Barrel or BurnBarrelPodcast.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.